0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: fun news Just to read to you. Yes we do. Yes we do. And this is probably one of the sickest things I've seen in a long time. <laughs> oh wasn't
0: I don't did, even want to read it. Did you see that? Oh the guy is crazy. Isn't he an idiot? No, I don't even want to give him Oh no, I think I think it's important we should
1: we should mention it. This is one sicko in a sicko state now. Says Texas Republican lawmaker wants women to carry deceased fetuses to full term. (laughs) Can you imagine, I mean, what kind of people would elect an idiot like this But anyway, last week in Texas, a Republican lawmaker proposed an amendment so outrageous that even some of his own GOP colleagues were repulsed. Andrew Grimes with RH Realty reports, Republican Matt Schaefer, Schaefer, put forward an amendment that would make it illegal to terminate a pregnancy after 20 weeks, even if it, the fetus, even if a fetus has a severe and irreversible abnormality, effectively forcing families with wanted but unsustainable pregnancies to carry it to a term at the behest of the state and ask the advice of their against doctors. Against the and, advice. I'm sorry, against the advice of the doctors on wishes. what it's would cause own to,
0: wishes.
1: You want to read that?
0: Yeah, well, Go you ahead, keep making it, a mistake there. So I'll read it. What would cause a lawmaker to want the government to inflict more emotional pain onto an already grieving family? In addition to adding a major health risk to the mother, does he not realize a woman can easily die of sepsis sepsis, by carrying a deceased or non-viable fetus? Schaefer says that suffering is a part of the human condition since sin entered the world. Oh, my God. I, I, it's not even worth giving Where do these it people know. come from? More
1: importantly, how do they hide their violent, odious ignorance long enough to get elected? I know. It's, it's terrible. I mean, really? <laughs> I mean, there's so many people against this guy, but nevertheless. I, how I, did he get elected? I, well, that's my case. They don't really say, but Democratic Representative Jessica Ferrer of Houston is quoted by saying, this is the most misogynistic um Piece of legislation she's ever seen in her 21 years in office. Matt Schaefer's amendment actually passed, but he removed it for full committee review after uh, Trey Martinez-Fisher, the House Democrat from San Antonio, filed a legislative point of order. The late author, humorist, and commentator Molly Irving summed up late-term abortion perfectly in an excellent video. Here is an excerpt. It just says, I almost get the impression that someone thinks women... Don't have uh, moral sense at all, and no woman, woman who is seven months pregnant ever waddles past an abortion clinic and says, "Darn, I knew there was something I've been meaning to get around to." This is ridiculous. And you have those late-term abortions because either the mother is going to die, or the child is going to die, or both are going to die. You know, and that's that's the truth. I mean, but where do you get these fucking morons that you know? You can share your thoughts with this GOP extremists on Facebook page. And there is a uh, scene buddy
0: buddying up with other, other anti-choice misogynists.
1: Like former like, Republican Governor Rick Perry and Republican Senator Ted Cruz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ted Cruz is an idiot. Wait till you see what I got for Ted Cruz. Oh, my God. I don't God. know where these people come Absolutely from. Absolutely staggering. Look at this next one here. In here I'll read that later. Liz, this is interesting here with Barry Goldwater.
0: Mark my word, if and when these preachers get control of the Republican Party and they're sure trying to do so, it's going to be a terrible damn problem. Frankly, these people frighten me. Politics and governing demand compromise. But these Christians believe they are acting in the name of God so they can't and won't compromise. I know I've tried to deal with them. Republican Barry Goldwater. Uh,
1: amazing? But um this is this guy. Scott Walker suggests carving Jesus' face into Mount Rushmore as one of the founding fathers. I mean, do, they have, huh? do they get more stupid than these guys or no? I I don't know. I I what scares me is the people that vote for them. And Scott Walker, you know, screwed up all of Wisconsin and destroyed trying to destroy the unions there.
0: There are many ways to describe, describe South Dakota's way of attracting millennials and one of them is to refer to it as out of this world. Namely, in an attempt to rebrand the state, South Dakota's government, with the help of a marketing firm, has launched a new ad campaign with a simple, elaborate, bizarre message, moving here is better than going to moving to Mars. Mars, the air is not breathable, the surface cold and barren. The commercial begins, the thousands are lining up for a chance to get there and never come back. But wait just a minute. Would-be Mars rovers? Have you ever considered South Dakota? The narrative makes the pitch. South Dakota, progressive, productive, and abundant in oxygen. Why die on Mars when you can live in South Dakota? While this ad is raising eyebrows, the Argus leader detailed the painstaking process that went into this approach. The goal of the Governor's Office of Economic Development was to attract young people to, place, to a place deemed boring. Commissioner Pat Costello said the hook works with the younger generation whom they're trying to attract. Costello told the newspaper, you can live a life here, you can have fun here, you can have a great job and go fishing and biking and hiking. The opportunities are abundant. And then he... i uh,
1: down a little bit... Uh, yeah. However, it would seem that politicians aren't just focused on the 2016 race uh, presidential elections. One of the most conservative Republicans out there at the moment, Scott Walker, governor of Wisconsin, apparently caught sight of the peculiar advertisement and expressed his support and personal view on the matter in an exclusive interview with Newslow. He says, I am well aware that people think I'm utterly conservative, but you know what? I don't have a problem with that, not at all.
2: Well, he doesn't.
1: In fact, one of the most conservative and at the same time impressive architectural features in the world is in South Dakota, and the state's government does it justice by trying to attract more people. Mount Rushmore is a feature unlike any other I don't know, and it's synonymous with the state of Dakota.
0: uh, With the state of South Dakota. He continued, however, I do feel that Mount Rushmore can be improved and left to coming generations in a more glorious state than it was left for us by our predecessors. In addition to the founding fathers of this great nation, I think carving the face of Jesus Christ onto the rock would only amplify the significance that the great monument of all true Americans, since Jesus himself was also a founding father. I truly (laughs) believe that it would help sway the misguided youth of our country into the right into their right and honorable path. Walker concluded by adding, not to mention it would do wonders for South Dakota, Dakota's tourism revenue. Now, is this guy oh, just
2: stupid,
1: or is this guy stupid? Huh? I mean, this is this is Walker. This is Scott Walker, governor of Wisconsin, the biggest cheesehead that ever lived. Okay? He's proven himself there, man, I'll tell you that. Jesus was the founding father. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, this is uh, I'll go back to that, but I want to get... Go to
0: back this. up to where that cartoon was, which was interesting. So on this one? I, how about this? I'm a member of a species that thinks working five days a week for 40 years to pay up a debt created on a bank's computer screen is freedom. Uh That's uh, Commander Picard of the the second generation Star Trek. Enterprise.
1: Enterprise, Yeah.
0: Oh, boy.
1: Anyway. Uh, I'll go back to that later, but this one is really sick. Pastor John Hagee says, Nasty welfare recipients don't deserve to live.
0: Imagine that. Mm. Imagine that. CIT Bank, TM uh, Oh, uh, that's something else. Yeah. San Antonio Pastor John Hagee of the Cornerstone Church delivered an impassioned speech decrying the evils of welfare dependency while prefacing his remarks with an acknowledgement of the need the disabled uh, with an acknowledgement of the need the disabled, infirm and elderly have of receiving social support. He made it clear that he has little tolerance for able-bodied individuals who are living off the taxes of the working people. Pastor Hagee cited that statistic that the welfare population of the United States exceeds the population of Spain. He believes that many of these people do not actually need welfare and should instead reap the rewards of their actions according to biblical counsel.
2: But what he
1: doesn't is the stupidness of this man. It says it exceeds the population of Spain, but Spain only has fifty million people. Yeah. right.
2: Well, the United
1: well, States has three hundred and ninety well, million he, people. he's just saying uh, it right? to be he's inflammatory. An idiot. He's a
0: complete nutty. Well, that's boob. obvious. Boob. Referring to two Thessalonians three ten, for even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. He insists that such people as are found gaming the system must get off the proverbial couch and work. His comments are certainly well-intended, even if they came across as somewhat derogatory. The problem is that the sectors of the economy which which produce mid-to-high-wage income have not recovered from the 2008 banking crisis. The main sectors of the economy which have thrived are those producing low-wage jobs, which is what makes it very difficult for even working people to make a living, coupled with the disincentive that a person can fare better on welfare than he can to work, and the picture becomes clearer. Yes, people need to work, but the economy isn't the rising tide lifting all the ships that it needs to either. Uh, But anyway, these
1: are rabbits. Yeah. By right the yeah, a, a free th- a free thinker is Satan's slave. Why fundamentalist religions fear intellectualism?
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. So they, they fear anybody that thinks. <laughs> Liberal America, is the name of this. But it is, but says why fundamentalist Christians fear intellectualism.
0: You are what uh, you believe. At the core of each of us is our belief system. It is around that belief system that a large part of our personal identity is formed. One of the real strengths of fundamentalism is that it provides a stable core belief system, to borrow from 80s, new wave, and avant-garde band, Talking Heads, same as it ever was, same as it ever was. It is much easier to believe you understand who you are and be stable when your core belief system is stable. For folks like liberals and progressives, this is a little more difficult because the walls around our core beliefs are less rigid and more willing to flex as new information presents itself, which means that we, more frequently than fundamentalists, are reshaping our understanding of who we are and how we relate to society, even if it is in small ways. This just isn't true for fundamentalist Christians. The protective walls around the core beliefs are tall and rigid with a good reason we have to keep in mind those core beliefs are so much more than ideas or ideals. they're an identification and identity who are who we are who we understand ourselves to be is formed around them. when you challenge a specific belief, you are also in a small part challenging the person's understanding of who they are For fundamentalist Christians, it is even more complicated than just that. In both direct and subtle ways, they believe their salvation, at least in part, is dependent upon being correct on issues of faith. Intellectualism
1: invites the constant assessment of the correctness of a person's beliefs. System. System. This dangerous ground for fundamentalist Christians. This is, that's dangerous ground, sorry, for fundamentalist Christians. When you confront them on a particular belief, You are not only confronting them on an idea that they have held to more rigidly for a longer time than most other folks, but you are confronting the very core of who they understand themselves to be. For them, it is those core beliefs upon which their salvation hangs in the balance, uh, at least in part, and questioning it doesn't just question the thought, but for them it puts into question a lifetime of holding on tightly to that thought. And I'm going to show you something in a minute. When you take on uh, all of that into consideration, it's really not surprise, it It's it's really not surprising that most fundamentalist Christians react negatively to or avoid altogether any intellectual questioning of their core belief systems. And that's true.
0: For
3: that
0: matter, it's not surprising that fundamentalists of all camps tend to have a less than positive reaction to intellectualism. They just want to be right, and the rest of us just hope to sort out some small version of the truth. A subtle difference, but an important one.
2: Hmm. I
1: don't know what this I'll create a market for progressive Christianity. uh okay. strange. Anyway, let me, let me, this is something I want to read. because This is something Ted Cruz does. Oh, yeah. Texas approved the textbooks with Moses as founding father. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and and. Uh, this, 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 what
0: did it say uh, about Carol King
1: there? Oh, oh, I just wrote that. Is this what Carol King's song was about? while well, feeling the earth move under her feet.
0: Well, uh.
1: Promiscuous women cause earthquakes. Iran what? cleric says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is another fundamental. Yeah, yeah.
0: This
1: is really funny. Promiscuous mm-hmm. women cause earthquakes. Iran cleric says. We're trying to negotiate with this with these groups. Mm-hmm. Women who dress provocatively and tempt people into promiscuity are to blame for earthquakes. A leading Iranian hardline clerk, has apparently said, <laughs> the prayer leader, uh, don't ask me to pronounce it. Kazim Isai Sarihahi. Hajatul Islam, Kazim Sajahi, says women and girls who don't dress appropriately spread promiscuity in society. When promiscuity spreads, earthquakes increase, he says
2: in a posted
1: Monday on YouTube, apparently of him leading Friday's prayers in Tehran, Iran, last week. There is no way other than taking refuge in religion and adapting ourselves to Islamic behavior, he adds in a video. The video was posted by YouTuber, <laughs> YouTube users, electro, Election Lies, uh, who appears to be anti-regime. The account features wallpaper wallpaper of a blindfolded woman apparently weeping blood and the slogan, The Green Movement is Alive. Green was the color of anti-regime protesters in last year's demonstration in several cities across Iran. The protesters were marching against the country's election results, which gave Muhammad um, Ahmadinejad a second term in office. Uh... He's been very quiet lately. Yeah. uh, Saddahi is a senior clerk who was appointed last year by Supreme Leader Ayatollah Khomeini as a substitute Friday prayer leader in Tehran, an extremely influential position. Khomeini himself is Tehran's official Friday prayer leader. Iran suffers regular earthquakes, (laughs) including a devastating one that destroyed the ancient city of Bam Bam in 2003,
0: Killing tons of thousands. All right, folks. Now, you can finish that. Okay. Right. Sahadi is not the only religious leader to have linked earthquakes with human behavior this year. American televangelist Pat Robertson suggested that January's devastating earthquake in Hawaii... Haiti. ...in Haiti, excuse me, was because of a pact Haitians made with the devil in order to throw out French rule in the 18th century. Oh, my God. A spokesman for Robertson said he was referring to a widely discussed Haitian legend, but University of Miami researcher Kate Ransby said the legend was utterly a fabrication and it's an extremely offensive one. I mean, this guy, Pat Robertson, equates this to, you know,
1: Iranian idiots. It's It's a sad. But I, you know, it's important to note this. Um, let me see how these people you come to, to any prom-
0: prominences.
4: I know,
1: the- I know. It's just amazing. But the more, the more idiot you are, the higher you go. You know, in, in politics. And that's proof in the Republican Party. Holy moly! Texas approves textbooks with Moses as the founding father. Yes, mm-hmm. Texas is crazy, crazy city, man. Crazy. Country, crazy state, crazy, crazy,
0: crazies. (laughs) Christian conservatives win, children lose. Texas textbooks will teach public school students that the founding fathers based the Constitution on the Bible, and the American system of democracy was inspired by Moses. Two things that aren't true. On Friday, the Republican-controlled Texas State Board of Education voted along party lines ten to five to approve the biased and inaccurate textbooks. Okay. The vote signals a victory for Christian conservatives in Texas and a disappointing defeat for historical accuracy in the education of children.
1: The textbooks were written to align oops, i'm sorry were written to align with instructional standards that the Board of Education approved back in two thousand and ten with the explicit intention of forcing social studies teaching to adhere to conservative Christian agenda, and standards require teachers to emphasize America's so-called Christian heritage. In essence, Christian conservatives in Texas have successfully forced a false historical narrative into public school textbooks that portray Moses as an influence on the Constitution and the Old Testament as the root of democracy. Critics called the whole process into question after publishers posted a number of last-minute changes to the textbook yesterday, leaving board members and observers without time to figure out exactly what was in the approved text. According to reports, scholars did not have and have an opportunity to review and comment on the numerous changes publishers have submitted since the last public hearing, and some of those changes appear to have been negotiated with state board members behind closed doors. Texas Freedom Network President Kathy Miller issued the following statement.
0: What we saw today shows very clearly that the process the State Board of Education uses to adopt textbooks is a sham. This board adopted textbooks with numerous late changes that the public had little opportunity to review and comment on and that even board members themselves admitted they had not read. They can't honestly say they know what's in these textbooks which
1: could be in our classrooms for a decade. In addition to Miller's complaint about the process, the Texas Freedom Network uh, issued a statement on today's State Board of Education vote to adopt new social studies textbooks for Texas
2: public schools,
1: noting the new textbooks also include passages that suggest Moses influenced the writing of the Constitution and that the roots of democracy can be found in the Old Testament.
2: I don't Scholars think so. from
1: across the country have said such claims are inaccurate and mislead students about the historical record. And this stuff goes on, which is even more stupid. I mean, you know, it, it just, it's just completely, absolutely, utterly stupid. And oh. Texas is a stupid state. It's just is a it. stupid state. I'm, I'm sorry. Any, I mean, I thought there were some rationally intelligent people there, but God.
2: Well, there are, but
1: geez, they're over, they outnumbered are, they're by these out-numbered. people. Oh, my God. Now, here, here's something. Toni Morrison, who I, I personally feel is a horrible writer, but, you know, I've read her, I've tried to read get through some of her books. But this is certainly, she's saying in an interview, listen to what she said in an interview, this is the kind of person. She that, wants trouble. Saying, she's saying, the Guardian, the Guardian, the writer Toni Morrison has some pretty peculiar ideas about racial healing.
4: People she, keep
0: saying we need to have a conversation about race. Morrison told the Daily Telegraph, this is the conversation. I want to see a cop shoot a white unarmed teenager in the back. She added, and I want to see a white man convicted for raping a black woman. Then when you ask me, is it over, I will say yes. Perhaps it's just me, but I would like to see no racism in neither of these things. Either way, I'm not sure this is an especially helpful way of looking at the question, by all accounts, we have indeed seen many white men convicted for raping black women. In fact, this was happening in 1959 in the segregated South. We have also seen white men shoot, shot in the back by cops. Does this mean racism is over? Of course not. It's just really weird. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. Oh uh, my God.
1: My God. Uh. This is this is an interesting one. I don't know if it, you know. Yeah, let's, you know, let's the, play that. So, Krauthammer, he's a he's a he's a Fox contributor. he oh. He's a real prick, but he he comes up with some stuff that's kind of fun. Krauthammer takes take says Hillary is hiding in the bunker as Clinton Foundation story creates problem. Yeah. Curious case of Clinton's Foundation cash continues to unravel, and it's not good for Hillary, says Charlie. Uh, Charles Krauthammer, says, where is she? Krauthammer asked on Tuesday's special report. First they put out their stooges to go out and defend her, then their daughter, then the husband. She's sort of hiding in the bunker. But those proxies are not working out. The Clinton campaign had to throw Bill under the bus. <laughs> following a less Under than
0: Scooby, a, her campaign I, bus? I guess.
1: Uh, following a less than encouraging interview with NBC over the weekend. Well, it's just him," says the campaign. "Well, it may be just him, but the name of the foundation is Hillary and Bill and Chelsea." <laughs> I I I think it's. A, let, let, let me. Let, let, you want to do this? Yeah. Tell me, tell me about it in a
2: couple of minutes. Well, you know,
5: he's not. This is uh, sort of surprising and in a way disappointing. Bill used to be the champion Dodger and Weaver. He used to be the champion parser, and he could do it with a smile and convincingly. He's really off his form. I don't know if he just had a bad day or if he's in decline as a Dodger and a Weaver, but that was not a good performance, especially if the Hillary campaign has to throw him under the bus the next day and say, well, it's just him. Look, it may be just him, but the name of the foundation is Hillary and Bill and Chelsea. The other thing that strikes me is where is she? First, they put out their stooges to go out and defend them, then their daughter, then the husband, and she's sort of hiding in the bunker. The one thing that impresses me, you mentioned how the no Democrats are coming out. The numbers in the Wall Street Journal poll are very telling. Democrats are hanging on to Hillary. Those numbers are stable. They are all in. strong. Yeah, 70, 70%. They are all in either because they believe in her or they know they've got no choice. This is it, this is the machine, they're going to go all the way. You don't want to be on the wrong side of them if they end up winning. So what's happening now is these effects, the drops in the polls, the higher negatives, the untrustworthiness is all from independents, obviously Republicans, but the swing voters that she would need in order to win. This is not good for her. Meantime, uh... what made me laugh was
1: what, what he said about that, that, throw under the bus, but the worst part about it is, um, I don't believe the New York Times at all. You can't believe the New York Times. Nobody can believe them. That said, that that the poll is uh, uh, 70% of of the Democrats are going with Hillary. I I don't, that. I don't believe that i I don't believe that at all. It's
0: too early to even make up your mind. People yeah. would just say it's not even the there was, a reason, even there
1: was a reason another independent poll a much more accurate one that said Hillary had a twenty five percent approval rating yeah amongst Democrats
2: mm-hmm. all right
1: where this guy comes off with a seventy percent where the hell did he get The oh, New York Times? The New York Times is nothing but a big show of a democratic mouthpiece, but anyway. Here's something in terrible, terrible, terrible that I saw.
2: You see this? Terrible. Smugglers.
1: I, I, yeah, there, there's a picture of, of what they're doing. Smugglers are putting birds in plastic
0: bottles to get them through customs. Yeah. Oh, what I is? can't even read this. It's too too hurtful, Leo. I you don't want to so? read it. Yes, I, just mention it and move on. I don't want to read what's happened to these poor birds. That's terrible. Terrible.
4: Really? please
0: crack down on these people. It's How dangerous smugglers cram cockatoos into plastic
1: bottles to get them through customs. Oh, man.
4: Oh, oh, I can't even look at these poor birds.
0: Oh, God, it's terrible.
1: Well, one oh, critically endangered cockatoos arrested, rescued by police after being found stuffed in water bottles oh. for illegal trade.
0: Oh. How the hell they got them in there to be in with beyond me? Well, they probably... Uh, Anesthetized them, folded them up and through squeezed them in. Them. What a terrible how could they do this thing to living well, really, things? Don't read it, Leo. Uh, it's it's okay. too much. It's too horrible. But it's just that it's horrible. Just, yeah. I hope they really get those people and they really do something to them.
1: Well, just to know put that. them in a
0: bottle, see how they yeah. feel. They're just I don't want to look at these pictures, okay, Leo. It's too at horrible. says The
1: population is critical low due to deforestation, poaching. A recent study suggested that there may be less than 7,000 yellow cockatoos. Crested cockatoos. They're beautiful birds. More than 10,000 parrots, including lorries and cockatoos, are caught from the wild in North um, Kalnara, Indonesia, each year to supply the domestic and international illegal wildlife. And then
0: people don't even keep them, they abandon them. (laughs) Yes, they're too too difficult to have for.
1: Please just. And 40% of them die in, in the smuggling process.
0: Okay, please just. Just, just, just it. I, can't, I, can't, I don't want to look at it. It's too awful. I just eliminated. I can't. amazing what people I don't want to look at it. It's just
1: horrible. All right. You ready for this? Horrible. Okay. Barney Fife is alive and well in Kentucky, folks. That's true. Kentucky deputy actually accidentally shoots his own mom after uh, bringing a gun to the wedding.
0: What did she stand up and say? When, when they said for anybody
1: who wants to speak, she spoke. And he shot and her. He shot her. Is that yeah, what happened? Yeah, got a. Oh. Stupid, stupid idiot. It is. A Western Kentucky sheriff's deputy was placed on paid leave, paid leave after accidentally shooting his mother during a wedding ceremony.
0: detective. Corey Golightly, a McCracken County Sheriff's deputy, bought a personal weapon over the weekend to the wedding at Bardwell Baptist Church in nearby Carlisle County. The weapon fell to the ground and fired, striking Golightly's mother, as the deputy adjusted his jacket, investigators said. A witness who was playing piano during the service said she heard the shot as she left the sanctuary but she did not immediately realize what it was because it was so loud. My initial reaction was, Oh, my goodness, could that possibly be a gun, said Janine King. Then my next thought was, Gosh, who's in the church with a gun? King said she understood what happened after Golightly called out to his mother. The deputy tended to his mother before medical crews arrived. Golightly's mother was listed in stable condition at a Nashville, Tennessee hospital. The sheriff's
5: office
3: has declined requests for comments on the case. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, I, I think this is a story, a County Sheriff's deputy is on administrative leave tonight after his gun discharged and he shot his mother. Deputy Corey Golightly was attending a wedding in Bardwell. As Local 6's Elizabeth Fields reports, witnesses say his gun fell out of his jacket and went off through the holster when it hit the ground. It's
6: tonight's top story. <laughs> Janine King had already heard the couple say, I do. She was leaving the sanctuary when she heard something she's never heard before. It was wild. And like I say, I knew there were no balloons here. It was a gunshot, then a scream. For a, a gun to be fired in church was something I'd never heard before. And it was so scary and terrifying. King heard one more thing before she realized she wasn't in danger. I was like, oh, heavens. <laughs> Your mom? King doesn't know the Golightly's personally, but says her heart broke for them. With her, he was so calm, he just said to mom, breathe and be calm. Be calm. When I was cleaning this morning, I found pieces of holster right in this area. Mike Collins is the custodian and a member of the Bargwell Fire Department. He got to the church in time to see 40 or 50 people still around. It could have been a lot
2: worse.
6: He says he'll always remember what he saw. King wishes she could forget what she heard. he wake up all night long just praying for her that God would...
1: Take care of her. I have heard of The idiot shot his mother by mistake in a church wedding. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, this is the idiot of the year. Of the, uh, his father and he, Ted Cruz's father suggests racist placing atheists in camps. Atheists
0: in camp? Atheists should be, should be yeah. Like in summer camps? No, they should
1: be in Playing badminton. They, they shouldn't be out with the public. Oh. Uh, Aeroboro, Earl, Earl Oklahoma. Rafael Cruz, father of Texas Senator and Tea Party favorite Ted Cruz, spoke recently against atheism and secular humanism as a gathering of an Oklahoma Second Amendment advocacy group. He claimed that the belief systems are two of the main ills facing our society that they lead to sexual perversion sexual abuse and complete loss of hope and that people following these two views should be rounded up and placed in special camps to keep them separated from the rest of america yet everybody forgets that in the 80s and 90s and even 2000s all of the almost every one of these uh uh evangelical right wing fundamentalist crazy uh preachers we're all accused and prosecuted and lost our ministries over over sexual
2: perversions okay
1: mm-hmm. Jimmy swaggard was was having a prostitutional sex uh daily <laughs> uh, uh, okay uh, but just all of, all these guys all these all these evangelists tammy faith baker and all of, them, all of them my god this guy this guy's nothing. Mm-hmm. if yeah. there if there is no God, then we are ruled by our instincts he said of course this leads us when there are no moral absolutes, leading and us to sexual immortality. So
0: how is how is he Morality. gonna save us from humanism? Uh, well, humanism? He leads
1: us to the sexual abuse and leads us to conversion and of course no hope, no hope. And is the in the past Cruz, an evangelical preacher and avowed creationist, has claimed that God endorses the death penalty. <laughs> that oh, really? evolution is a communist trick aimed at converting people to atheism. And legalizing gay marriage will lead to preachers being arrested for hate speech just for being, reading the Bible. And that President Obama is a tyrant who needs to go back to Kenya. This is, however, the first time he laid out his plans on how to save mankind from secular humanism. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, Ted Cruz isn't even an American citizen. He gave up his Canadian citizenship, okay, and uh, he, warned that, he warned that the atheists are in danger of corrupting the youth of America and called for action before America was overrun. His so- solution to that, he termed the problem of the godless, is the creation of a series of heathen zones fenced in camps located mostly in northern California and Vermont. All right, This is what he wants to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a free country, he said. If these people need to practice their holy rites of atheism, they can do so as long as they are in clearly marked encampments far away from the rest of us. You want this kind of idiot for a president?
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: holy crap. Well,
0: he's not running for president. His son
1: is. Well, can you imagine? Yeah, but his son is just as crazy.
0: Okay. Yeah, sure.
1: It's a free country, he said. Now, And while they're in their heathen zones, uh, they're free to dance naked around the fire. Ran the mark of the devil on their flesh, or whatever else they can they want to do. He added. Oh, well, by the way, they do that at the uh, Bohemian Grove,
2: yeah. where all
1: of your top world leaders uh, attend. Okay. Of course, if they step one foot outside the electrified fence, uh, we shoot them between the eyes, two or three times, just to be sure. else he also argued that any children spawned in these camps would be removed at birth. So they would not be drawn to secular humanism via their birther mothers' breast milk. This guy is a complete and utter freaking lunatic, and he's Ted Cruz's father. You want this guy visiting the White House on any given
0: day? What would you want, Ted Cruz? I wouldn't want
1: this guy anywhere near Washington D.C. Unfortunately, he's a these these idiots made him uh, of of these Texas people made him senator. Oh God, man, I I don't know. I wish, I wish they would just segregate. What do they call it? Not segregate, but uh, secede. You know, just secede. Let them secede. Bill Clinton. We have never done anything knowingly, knowingly inappropriate. Uh Bill Clinton was interviewed by NBC News discussing Hillary's run, their foundation, and the income he made from speeches. The Clintons have certainly struck, uh, stuck with the. Um, Hang on, this continues. This is worth reading because he made a schmuck out of himself.
2: It's like
1: uh, uh, that Fox News guy said he lost
0: his touch. Uh You can only lie for so long, and then the the mask wears off,
2: you know. Uh, The Clintons have
0: certainly stuck with their narrative of being average people. He defends his half million dollar speaking fees with. I gotta pay our bills and it's the most independence I can get. While there's nothing wrong with his right to earn a living by fetching great sums for his appearances, the Clintons really need to start pretending they're one of the little people and whenever they get caught being rich they throw in something about being very fortunate. Bill's hard to work hard to work to provide, the burden of legal bills, the need to pay for Chelsea's Stanford education, by having mortgages to pay. But the real gem from the interview was what Bill Clinton said about foreign donations going to their foundations, many of which came while Hillary was serving as Secretary of State. NBC reports that he said, There's no doubt in my mind that we have never done anything knowingly inappropriate in terms of taking money to influence any kind of American government policy. Oh, my God, how come we didn't choke? That just (laughs) hasn't happened. The quote needs to be remembered, although he'll likely pull out that old. It depends on what the definition of knowingly is. If proof emerges, the family needs to be taken to task and condemned by Americans for years of lies and corruption. They must not run for another office, nor get paid $500,000 for speeches, and must not cull the political arena with their schemes ever again. If Hillary loses the campaign or rides out of term or two as Commander-in-Chief, let's not forget there is a new, younger Hillary waiting in the wings, Chelsea. While she may be a fresh face but a familial name, she'll have the same connections to her parents.
1: Well, this is a
0: seven-minute
1: speech. Let's play that. Want to play On the Democratic side, it's all about Hillary Clinton. She's been drawing criticism over certain donations to her family's charitable foundation. And in an NBC News exclusive, Bill Clinton is answering those
3: critics. NBC's Cynthia McFadden went one-on-one with the former president. Cynthia, good morning to you.
4: Good morning from Nairobi, Matt. As Hillary Clinton's campaign for the White House intensifies, so does the criticism of the foundation that bears her name, that of her husband, and her daughter. She stepped down from her role at the foundation when she announced she was running, but some have questioned whether her independence was compromised by the foundation's large foreign donors. I've come to Africa to see the work of the foundation and to talk to Bill Clinton about the criticism. Former President Bill Clinton is making no apologies as he tours some of the African programs. His foundation has raised billions to help fund. I don't think there's anything sinister in trying to get wealthy people... In
7: countries that are seriously involved in development to spend their money wisely in a way that helps poor people and lifts them up. I don't think there's anything wrong there with that. I think it's good. But his wife's run for president has triggered a new level of scrutiny and criticism. There has been a very deliberate attempt to take the foundation down. And there is almost no
4: new fact that's known now that wasn't known when she ran for president the first time. He tells me 90% of the donors give $100 or less but it's who's giving the big money that's causing the headache. Over half of the donors giving $5 million or more are foreign, many of them foreign governments. Under mounting pressure, the foundation recently announced it will only take money from six Western countries. Is that an acknowledgement that it was a mistake not to stop the other foreign donations before your wife ran for president? No, absolutely not. It's an acknowledgement
7: that we're going to come as close as we can during her presidential campaign, the following the rules we followed
4: when she became Secretary of State. He defended the 10 to $25 million given by Saudi Arabia.
7: I don't think that I did anything that was against the interests of the United States.
4: Do you understand though, that the perception itself is a problem? No. You don't?
7: No. And look, I don't want to get into the weeds here. I'm not responsible for anybody else's perception. I asked Hillary about this, and she said, you know, no one's ever tried to influence me by helping you. No one has even suggested they have a set of
4: evidence. But even while the criticism at home rumbles, the heartwarming stories here in Africa are undeniable. Like here at the Starkey Hearing Foundation program, where 150 children and adults will get hearing aids today. (laughs) You look like you know
6: what you're (laughs) doing.
4: This little boy will hear for the first time. If we raise over $100 million worth of stuff, it's... 430 million people in 180 countries. If he's troubled by the controversy swirling back at home, there is no indication of it here. I think we can do it without this. Uh, this is more of a
1: propaganda piece for his, yeah. for his lousy wife and his lousy company and his lousy global crap. He still looks like a schmuck. He still is a schmuck. You know, there's nothing you can do about it. Oh.
2: Well, anyway, on the
1: environmental... Oh, uh, I another idiot.
2: Uh.
1: Oh, man. There's so many idiots today. Reefer Madness. GOP Congressman warns pot is making our veterans psychotic. Yeah. Imagine that. This guy... Uh, In a debate on the White House floor over the Department of Veteran Affairs policies on medical marijuana, Republican John Fleming uh, from Louisiana warned colleagues that allowing veterans to smoke pot could turn them psychotic or schizophrenic. As a practicing uh, physician and a veteran myself, Fleming stated, during the April 29 legislative proceedings, the way we approach health care is not to just allow any health care provider to do whatever he or she wants to do at the time. That is simply not the way health care works. Well, according to Fleming, letting doctors and patients make their own decisions about marijuana could be dangerous, which is why the federal government needs to step in. He says Smart pot smoking pot increases psychotic episodes by a factor of two to four times normal. That is not true, Fleming elaborates. The The conversation to schizophrenia conversion to schizophrenia, a permanent mental disorder, is enhanced by pot by a factor of two or double. Why in the world would we give a drug that is addictive? <laughs> this guy knows nothing about pot. It's not addictive. That is prohibited under schedule one, which is wrongly prohibited. What that is not accepted by any specific mental disease or disorder, enhances psychosis and schizophrenia. Why are we Going to give that to our veterans, especially those with PTSD. That is absolutely insane. What he's saying is absolutely insane because so many veterans are. (laughs) Oh, God. You know, medical marijuana is saving their lives. You know? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Yeah, there's evidence of that all over the place, and there's tons of evidence of that. (sighs) Representative Earl Ballmerner. Democrat of Oregon concerned that VA health providers are prohibited by law from completing forms brought by their parents seeking recommendations or opinions regarding veterans' participation in the state medical marijuana program, shot back at Fleming with his own pot policy assessment. A staunch cycling advocate, Bloner, was wearing his signature bike lapel pin at the time. He says medical marijuana is nowhere near as addictive as what is happening to our veterans right now, uh, out mm-hmm. our reports. Veterans see, seen by agency doctors are dying from prescription drug overdoses nearly okay. twice the national average. Nobody dies from an overdose of marijuana. And uh, the VA uh, doctor and the VA doctors prescribe significantly more opiates, which are highly addictive to patients with post-traumatic stress and depression uh, than other veterans, even though those people suffer; those conditions are more at risk of overdose and suicide. Get your facts straight, he says. Blumer concludes that he uh, Blumenauer concludes his response to his Republican colleague in saying, "If you want to be concerned, be concerned about the explosion of the addictive drugs that are being prescribed to people who we should be caring more for, uh, for, giving more care." I yield back the balance of my time. Um, which Blumer takes down a few of his reefer man this morning on the, on the house. Uh, this is only two minutes long. Let, let, let's listen to this. The
7: gentleman from Louisiana is recognized for one minute.
1: Uh, I think my
8: friend, uh, Chairman, uh, as a practicing physician, a veteran myself, uh, we, the way we approach health care is not to just allow any health care provider to do whatever he or she wants to do at the time. That's simply not the way health care works. So let's look specifically at the problem PTSD, which is one of the worst problems that we're dealing with today among veterans. What have we found just in the last year? That smoking pot increases the psychotic episodes by a factor of two to four times normal. The conversion to schizophrenia, a permanent mental disorder, is enhanced by pot by a factor of two, double. So why in the world would we give a drug that is addictive, that is prohibited as Schedule 1, that is not accepted for any specific medical disease or disorder, and it enhances psychosis and schizophrenia? Why are we going to give that to our veterans, especially those with PTSD? That is just absolutely insane. And with that, I yield back
9: and thank
2: you. The time has ready.
9: expired. The gentleman from Pennsylvania's time has expired. The gentleman from Oregon is recognized. Thank you. First, it isn't just PTSD that medical marijuana is used for. There's a whole host of other conditions that were available. Second, the medical marijuana train has left the station. A million Americans have a legal right to use medical marijuana, and they do so. You want to treat veterans differently. Third, medical marijuana is nowhere near as addictive as what is happening to our veterans right now, Veterans seen by agency doctors are dying from prescription drug overdoses nearly twice the national average. Nobody dies from an overdose of marijuana. And the VA doctors prescribe significantly more opiates that are highly addictive to patients with PTSD and depression than other veterans, even though those people suffering those conditions are more at risk of overdose and suicide. Get your facts straight. I'm happy to do more research. I have work coming forward. But in the meantime, don't treat these veterans as second class citizens. If you want to be concerned, be concerned about the explosion of addictive drugs that are being prescribed to people who we should be giving our care.
3: Thank you.
1: That's, I like that. Huh. That's how you, you know. a shame that these it's a shame that good people are forced good good politicians are forced to be democrat you know what I mean you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. They, should be independent. It? they should just be independent god I wish they would just get independent okay so anyway uh this is an interesting statistic that you might be interested in seeing. Um, Killed by police nationwide in 2014. Right? This is a number of people that were killed uh, according to race. African American people, 233 African Americans were killed by police. Right?
0: Okay, wow.
1: White people... 414. That's almost double, all right, about the number of white people that were killed over black people. Hispanic people are only 138. Asians are only 15. Unreported race, 311. But oddly enough, yeah. oddly enough, now everybody's claiming that police are shooting... Uh, too many white, too many black people.
0: They're well, shooting a lot of white. They're
1: the doubling. Well, not not as but they're doubling that the number of white people that are getting shot doubles the amount of black people and in 2014. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Isn't that something that was interesting statistics. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, here's something even more interesting. Uh, What's that, Leo? Well, I thought this was really interesting because um, it starts with Bernie Sanders donors as opposed to Hillary Clinton's donors, but uh, Hillary, you got to look at this because this is staggering. This is really staggering um, when you when you have to look at the uh, the numbers. I'll just read a couple of them, but
0: okay, okay. uh, yeah.
1: Here, these are top contributors to uh, Hillary Clinton, right? Yep. Uh her campaign. She's yeah. so far, Citigroup has given her seven hundred and eighty two million dollars. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And one individual one individual gave seven hundred and seventy four thousand yeah. dollars. Hmm. Seven hundred and eighty I'm sorry. Seven hundred and eighty two thousand dollars was given by Citigroup, 774000 seven hundred and seventy four thousand by individual. Okay, and PACs were uh, eight thousand dollars. Right? Well, Goldman Sachs, all right, uh, gave her seven hundred and eleven thousand dollars. Okay, Goldman Sachs individual donations were seven thousand, seven hundred thousand dollars as well. Did you know? Anyway, uh, and the, the list is, is endless here with Time Warner and uh, the money is staggering. But here here is uh, Bernie Sanders, top contributors. Machinist Union, Teamsters Union, ninety five thousand, Teamsters eighty three thousand, um individual donations from the Teamsters, seven thousand dollars, uh United Auto Workers five hundred dollars. Uh you know, but uh PACs were a little more, 74000 seven thousand seventy four thousand. National Education Association, sixty nine thousand dollars. Um, communication Workers of America, 65,000. But, you know, when you look at the at the top contributors of Bernie Sanders and you look at the top contributors for Hillary, you're dealing with th- with tens of thousands for Bernie Sanders. You're dealing with hundreds of thousands for each individual corporation and whatnot for, for Hillary. Imagine that? No, you're not. No. Nope. Uh anyway, this is uh it's amazing. Absolutely totally staggering. But that, that Bernie we
2: have money. Is, is you buy
1: like Yeah, well Bernie's Bernie may be getting you know, he's getting some uh traction even with his uh smaller much smaller donate donat- donations. Um okay. The next five minutes, we got uh, a few more minutes here. Let's uh let's go to this. Robert Reich. A lot of people haven't heard about the. F. We've been talking about the Trans-Pacific uh, thing here for quite some time, but uh, uh, but not everybody understands the uh, the passage uh, of the Trans. But we're going to go to Robert Reich, who used to be the Labor Secretary, uh, in, uh, under Clinton. But uh, and uh, he's going to give about a two-minute talk on the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Okay. Which is fast track and fast track authority to whisk it through Congress without debate. Is fast track approaching? If you haven't seen our video about it, let's see more. Okay, here we go. The
3: story of the Trans Pacific Partnership in two minutes. Republicans in Congress were eager to work with the Obama administration to fast track the passage of the Trans Pacific Partnership. If you haven't heard much about the Trans-Pacific Partnership, that's part of the problem right there. It would be the largest trade deal in history, involving countries stretching from Chile to Japan, representing 792 million people and accounting for 40% of the world economy. Yet it's been devised in secret. Lobbyists from America's biggest corporations and Wall Street's biggest banks have been involved, but not the American public. The pharmaceutical industry, for example, they get stronger patents, delaying cheaper generic versions of drugs. Big corporations and Wall Street get an international tribunal of private attorneys outside any nation's legal system that can order compensation for any lost profits found to result from a nation's regulations. That means even U.S.-based corporations could challenge any U.S. government regulation they claim unfairly diminishes their profits laws that protect American consumers from unsafe products or unhealthy foods, that protect workers, block toxic emissions, or prevent another taxpayer-funded bailout of Wall Street. The Obama administration says the trade deal will boost U.S. exports, but the deal will also allow American corporations to outsource even more jobs abroad. In other words, it's a Trojan horse in a global race to the bottom giving big corporations and Wall Street banks a way to eliminate laws and regulations that get in the way of their profits. Right now, they're trying to get something called fast-track authority so this massive giveaway can pass without any public review or power to amend. So we have to say loud and clear no to fast-track and no to the Trans-Pacific Partnership.
1: There you go, folks. Say no to Fast Track and no to the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Yes. Ah, well, anyway. Oh, by the way, something that nobody told you, but you know the guy, the man who filmed the Freddie Gray video about them taking you know Freddie Gray just because the guy in Baltimore got killed? Well, the guy who actually filmed it he got arrested at gunpoint. That's right. Kevin Moore, the man who filmed Freddie Graham's brutal arrest, had himself been arrested following harassment and intimidation from Baltimore police. That sounds totally amazing, huh? Yeah? But uh, and you got you know yeah, you know what? The independent the British independent, uh, was the one that uh that, that actually had to bring this story forward. Mm-hmm. Right, Nobody talks about the, the guy who made the film got arrested. Okay, Kevin Moore. Uh, Moore, Moore was arrested at gunpoint uh, last night with two of this was just this was documented no on May first. Uh, Moore was uh, uh, filmed, yeah. Uh, the video of Greg's arrest and was shot shortly before the man suffered spinal injuries. Well, in the police custody that led to his death, All right. Our, um, I thought there was a little more on that, but Moore claims that despite having cooperated with two detectives in the Baltimore Police Department office of internal oversight and given them the video, police posted his photo and told the public that he was wanted for questioning, uh, asking people to identify him. What is so important that you have to plaster my picture over the internet. I've already spoken, Moore said, suggesting that they post uh they posted it simply to intimidate him. Yeah, imagine that the son of a bitch. Right. So Moore was asleep at his home on the morning of April twelfth when they uncle when his uncle yelled at him, The police are tasing Freddie He ran out into the street and uh instantly started filming on his cell phone as Gray screamed for his life. One officer putting his knee on his neck, and the other uh, bent his legs backward. They had him folded up like he was a crab or a piece of origami. Uh, He was all bent up, uh, Moore said. At the time of the writing, uh, it seemed Moore uh, has been released, but his colleagues, Chad Jackson and Tony White, have not, with cop watch, asking for help uh, from lawyers. Uh, This is pretty sad. This is pretty sad. So anyway, that's the end of our show tonight. I want to thank everybody who joined us, and uh, please tell your friends and your enemies about us. And uh, we uh, we thanks thank you for joining us.
0: Good night.
1: Good night, everybody.